Episode 119 of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Mike, sitting here with my boys, ready to talk some wrestling. And we are going to get some get to some quality wrestling tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We're coming hot off of AEW Revolution that took place last night in San Francisco. Uh, we had our prediction show the week before where we, you know, we picked the card as we see it. There's going to be a winner for King Booker. Who did well? Who did not so well? We're going to get to all that good business and run down this awesome wrestling pay-per-view that we all just saw. So can't wait to talk about it. Let's introduce the boys real quick. He's over in Glendale, and he likes to keep it regal. His name, Steve Grobschmidt. What up, Grabby? Destination unknown. <laughs> Ruby, 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 Ruby Soho. Were you being Taz or oh my God. I, singing I, the song? I, I, I'd have to. I don't even know how he does it. He gets it from I'm, the belly. I'm with Charlie diaphragm. every time he does that. It cracks me up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we saw Ruby Soho go at it. She picked a side. We'll get to that match soon. But yeah, good to see you tonight, Steve. Thank you. He's down in Bayview and he likes to keep it freshly squeezed mm. at all times. His name is Matt Michelson. What up, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> just came back damn, on monday dog. night raw at the time of recording we're missing out oh. damn and for you, a second did... there i couldn't see you matt because your time is now also yeah. this this podcast is being recorded on zoom and my video may have been off yeah can't see you dude dude did you like uh lube up the like how did you do that i didn't know like that was amazing talent i, I don't know it's so quick tale for our listeners back in high school i had one of my best friends he was actually the best man at my wedding he's phenomenal at doing impressions and just used to pop me continually all day every day in high school so one day we're in study hall and i'm asking him i'm like dude how do you do this this is like insane like he would just do any impression on the spot no problem and one day he's like dude you just got to practice and Eventually, it just all becomes easier. So we sat there, no joke, doing Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions in high school for hours during study hall. And we pissed off so many people sitting there doing this. But over wow. time, I did get better. And now it's to the point where it's like certain things I can just like do, no problem. Other things, not so much. But yeah, there are certain where'd, things where I, I don't even know I can do it until I do it. Where'd you learn how to roll your tongue like that, though? I I wish I could tell you. I don't know. It's, it's like Charo. <laughs> oh, Charo. Mm. Charo. Quite the maracas. Yep. Yeah, well, that was good, Matt. And good for you. Uh, maybe you'll maybe you'll give us a good Arnold Schwarzenegger impression next week. Maybe. Or maybe try to work it into the podcast tonight if you can. Possibly. No pressure. We'll, no we'll pressure. see where the night goes. All right. Great. Well, speaking of where the night goes, I know where I was last night. I was on my couch watching AEW Revolution, and boy, was it great. Mm -hmm. A lot of people were kind of like, eh, the build isn't that great, blah, blah, blah. I'm always putting it over every chance I get because there's just not a whole lot going on in early March. No football, baseball, spring training. Who cares? It's not even close to the NHL playoffs, you know. Basketball, March Madness is later on. We need something good. And honestly, Revolution has never disappointed. They even said that it, the broadcaster said it last night, it never disappoints. And I have to agree with them. I love this show. Maybe one day we can attend it sometime. I'd be down. Anyway, so to go over King Booker, like we said before, go back and listen to the episode before if you want to see how we thought the matches were going to go. But we all made our picks, and we'll run over those real quick along with some highlights of each match. And the night ended up uh, leading off with Chris Jericho in that Ricky Starks match where the Jericho Appreciation Society was banned from ringside. P.S. I was crying laughing. I don't know if you guys watched the pre-show or if you could where Daddy Magic had his promo with that with that guy. 
but Daddy Magic literally just has me in tears. Oh, he's the best. I did see I, it. I loved it. Oh, I missed out on that one. I, I only watched maybe the last 15 minutes of the pre-show. I need to go back and watch it now knowing this. this talking wife, about his nipples being hard. Yeah, it's not hard in hard. this case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, why is your desk? Why does your breath smell like dog crap? And he starts barking at him. <laughs> such a, I just, dude, my wife actually just like thinks he's like the creepiest dude. So I like watch him dying laughing. I look back at her face and she just can't even believe it. So I know this is her favorite wrestler too. So anytime the dude comes on, I'm just like, there's your dude. So I get like more excited too. So good. My shit. wife, a couple weeks ago, uh, he was on and my wife was like, she doesn't really watch, but she looked up and she's like, what's wrong with that guy? <laughs> <laughs> and I proceeded to feebly try to attempt to, to explain how amazing he is, but I could see I was going nowhere, but uh, right? I, I love him. He's one of my favorites. Oh, he's the best. He's the best. Yeah. Kristen, same thing. Like, what's up with that dude? What's wrong with his eyes? I really want to sign up for DraftKings only because of him, because if you want to be in big boy money, you got to do big boy stuff. <laughs> I almost downloaded the app. Right? I'm not even joking. Me too. Because of Daddy Magic. Perfect. Unfortunately, being in Milwaukee, though, we can't actually play DraftKings. It kind of sucks being in Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Well, see, I would have even see. I didn't even know that piece of information. I would have still downloaded it just because Daddy Magic told me so. It's like literally the perfect poster boy for that brand. You know, it's just fucking well, great because he looks like he's on coke and everybody gambling's been up all night checking like the horse bookings and the, you know they're trying to. You know, get a piece of the action. He's a total voice of the people. Yeah. Well, that's actually how I figured it out. I downloaded the app and unfortunately, oh, no gambling for this guy, but it's probably for the best anyway. But Daddy Magic's still awesome. Yes, Daddy he is. Magic. Daddy Magic did his spell on you. That's great. Yeah. So there was a wrestling match too. It was uh, Chris Jericho leads off the night, and we usually try to pick the opening match, and you gain a point if you do so. None of us got it, so womp womp. No perfect card this time around. But uh, Ricky Starks did uh, take down Chris Jericho, and uh, there was just a little bit of interference. Tried with Sammy Guevara coming down, and uh, Action Andrade came out, and or Action Andretti, excuse me. Um, well, if they ever form a out, tag team, that will be their name. I know. I hate the one thing that pissed me off with the AEW is there's so many wrestlers that have the similar names like Ethan Page, Hangman Page, Andrade, Christian Cage, Brian Cage. Exactly. Like, come on, give a guy a break, especially a guy who struggles with names as much as me. Mm -hmm. If you were a longtime listener, you know what I'm talking about. But um, so all of us picked Ricky Starks to win. Charlie did not. Uh, he actually <clears throat> used his kick out. And he had Chris Jericho because he probably read something online, um, as he tends to do. And uh, he did, did yeah, he said something about that. Yeah, he just was like, "Oh, I saw some." So I don't know. We got it. Uh, so we were off to a one to no start. What did you want to say about this match, Matt? I mean, I was kind of annoyed that this match even made it onto the card, to be honest, because we've already seen a version of Ricky Starks versus Chris Jericho, which was also a really good match. Thankfully, um, and which we should have known that this match was going to go on first because Jericho loves being on first. If you've ever listened to any of his interviews, he always tells the story about back in the day when he wanted to go on the WrestleMania card with Kevin Owens at, during their Festival of Friendship feud. And Vince put them on second and he was so pissed because it completely killed the story and everything they'd built up over the past several months. So because of that, I think Jericho is really particular about the place on the card he gets. And being he's somewhat high up at AEW, I have no doubt he had a pretty strong pull in getting on first. But ultimately, I think the it really helped the match being on first. Um, overall, it was a really good match. Ricky Starks, man, that guy, you put him in a tough spot. It's like he wrestles better when the pressure's really on. And I wish he was yeah. put in more high-profile situations like this. And I know, I think, you know, we mentioned earlier, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I, he, we actually have him here with us tonight. Arnold, did you think this was a really good match? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, me too. Okay, <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, there you have it, folks. If Arnold Schwarzenegger likes it, you know it's an A-plus match. Well, cool. Yeah. Did you want to say anything about this match, Steve, or should we keep her moving? 
I'd love to. Um, I thought it was a fun prom, uh, intro, and I, um, yeah, it's like I think I, it, it, with the exception of one or two times, Chris Jericho always does the right thing, and and um, he put over the young guy, which I mean, you're gonna find as we talk about this show was the ultimate theme of revolution was the veterans putting over the younger talent. I mean, it just runs through the whole thing and Mm -hmm. this one got, got it off to a good start. Yeah. Ricky Starks is just like, I'd be interested to see where they go next with him because they're starting to strap a rocket on that guy. And um, yeah, I mean, some sort of gold, but I don't know. The problem is that there's um, um, most of the gold is in good guy hands except MJF. So I don't know where you go you know, with him, but he's, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot they could do with him and it'd just be interesting. Um, maybe too soon to have him go back, have a, have him against MJF, but we'll see. And I guess one last thing too. I mean, the match was really good. I thought it started off well. Jericho actually looked really inspired despite his advancing years. Um, Mm -hmm. that run in was just kind of weird. It was like, I don't know if they just wanted to get a little bit of a tease there, but it was like, if our, uh, comes down even though they were banned from ringside and then action and dready stops him i wondered at that moment wasn't didn't one of you was it matt predict that Andretti might turn mm-hmm. i i don't remember if it was me who said he would turn i knew he'd somehow get involved in the match but i think charlie predicted the turn yeah i, I, I when he came out i'm like oh damn they're gonna do it but uh nope mm-hmm. so no it was a good match I, I thought it was a solid opener I think Kristen actually asked how old Jericho was, and I was like, I think he's in his 50s, and I think we looked it up, and he's like 52. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds right. Crazy. I mean, I was telling this to Matt, I think, uh, this weekend, too. The guy has always, he always has a thing at every point in his career, like some sort of persona, some sort of character, some sort of everything over this whole entire career. And I mean... That Y2J was so fun, and that was 23 years ago. And, I mean, think about that, 23 years, geez. And then he had a pretty accomplished career before Y2J. I mean, the guy has just been, what a career. I mean, he's going to go down as one of the all-time greats. And, yeah, I appreciate you mentioning that too, Steve. I didn't really pick up on how the older uh, vets were putting over the younger talent. And, yeah, perfect segue to the next match here. It was Jungle Boy Jack Perry against Christian Cage. And I didn't know it at the time because I probably would have picked a little different, but this was a final burial match. I'm not sure they announced that. I mean, if they did, if they announced that before Saturday, Sunday, I didn't catch it. I feel like they tacked that on. Yeah, it was kind of, well, yeah, I mean, they had the vignette of, like, the the uh, dirt and the shovel and the bearing of something, but they weren't saying this is going to be this type of match. But I don't know, whatever. Maybe I would have picked Christian anyways, because I fucking love that guy. Guy comes out with a cutoff turtleneck since it's kind of a street fight. I mean, who does that? I don't know anybody <laughs> who's ever wore a turtleneck, a, a, a wrestler. That has wore a turtleneck and got no gotten it over as good as he does. And then when he wrestles a street brawl, he cuts the sleeves off so it's like more ruggish and thuggish. It but keeps the turtleneck. What a genius. Anyway, so it's this is kind of like a casket match. Um we've seen these in the past from WWE days, and uh it was fun to see it, I guess, in AEW, but this match was way better than it should have been because of the uh gimmickiness of it. Christian Cage, ultimate professional, puts over Jack Perry. Uh, Jack Perry puts him in the casket. There was a nice, you know, they waited forever to close the lid, close the lid. You know, it's it's one of those things. I mean, a lot of these matches, they they good, they had good, they had good pace to them. Move the story along long enough, but it was over in about 12, 15 minutes here. Uh, Christian Cage gets his his arms crossed across his chest. Gets a little kiss on the forehead from Jack Perry. Closes the lid. The casket drops very fast with a puff of smoke come up to the bottom, which is a fun little touch. Made me laugh hard. It was fucking great. I love this match, but the boys actually got one over on me here. Um, It was Jungle Boy with the victory. So what would you think of this one, Steve? Matt, you went first last time. I Honestly, I thought it was was a home run. I mean... It was emo- yeah, it was like they really played on the emotions and the angst that J- Jungle Boy was going in. It was just, it was just, yeah, it's like storytelling at its finest because 
he had a long time to build to this and then the injury kind of dragged it out but it's like they picked right back up you know jungle boy being conflicted doesn't want to be overly heelish but also this guy is just dug into him you know ripping on his dad all that stuff so um mm-hmm. it was just yeah that was great um the spectacle of the casket match and all that was fine i mean everything about it was good there were some good spots but really i think it was the story that kind of shown on this one and um yeah just another guy that's they're strapping a rocket on and they always have i mean jungle boy's got like the like what they say the third or second most winning record in um aew um wow he um yeah, I'd be interested to see where. Yeah, this is the interesting conundrum because they keep talking about that guy wanting to go for gold. Maybe he goes for MJF next, and then you have like you know that'd be a good kind of elevation for him without him needing to win the title quite yet. But I, yeah, otherwise, um, they got all these young good guys, and they they only have like one heel type champion. That right. is true. I yeah, I, I don't really have a whole lot to add as far as the match itself. I, the the best part to me was how the casket unexpectedly dropped into the grave and there was like a big puff of smoke that came out afterwards. And I think part of it is I was expecting more of a blood feud going into this match. And to your point, they just announced this like the day before or the day of that it was going to be this final burial match, which was kind of teased on the previous episode of Dynamite. But at the same time, I don't think anybody predicted exactly what this was going to look like. So the match itself was pretty cool to see. Um, Yeah, I don't really know what's next for Jungle Boy. I mean, obviously, the commentary team was talking about how he's going to win a singles title this year. So you got to believe the guy's going to start climbing the ranks ultimately challenging for something. I don't know that it's necessarily MJF. I think it might be the TNT title for all we know. Um, It could even be the Mid-Atlantic title. I know Orange Cassidy's been that champion for a while and nobody's really given him a challenge for, you know, possibly taking the title off of them. I think, you know, if we see Powerhouse Hobbs win the TNT title soon, that could be a really cool opponent for Jungle Boy. Um, I don't know how they get to the point where the match would be that heated, but could still be really cool um i don't know but yeah overall i thought the final burial match was really good um arnold did you what did you think did you think it was good too absolutely yeah okay good yeah two in a row thanks arnold i think the arnold was taking place the big uh heavyweight uh cha- or the weightlifting champ like championship going on right now absolutely, absolutely nice yeah. thing going on in march yeah yeah absolutely confirms it. that confirms it yeah and I'm honestly more interested in seeing where Christian Cage goes after this now. I mean, Jungle Boy is going to do his thing, but I hope Christian stays on TV and they give him something good after this because he's spent the better pe- uh, better year. How do you say that? The better part of last year uh, just ripping on Jungle Boy and his dead dad. Um, I want to see who he's going to rip on next. Yeah, yeah. So it's like Christian and... Jungle Boy just put their heart and soul in that for like what? Yeah, like over a year now. Yeah, um, yeah that just kind of cleans the slate potentially. And it's like, yeah, Christian almost like, how do you recreate anything even approaching that? Like, you, I mean, you don't. So he's got to just come up with something new. Maybe he tries to exact revenge on Luchasaurus for, I don't know. But uh, they, um, it'll be really interesting to see what both characters do because they put so much into that story. Well, if he can recreate the same heat that he got with the Jungle Boy feud with somebody else, then Christian Cage is truly probably the most underrated, underappreciated wrestler that maybe ever existed. Anyway, let's keep her moving tonight. The next match was the House of Black mm-hmm. versus the Elite. And it was the six-man tag team match for the AEW Trios Championship. Full disclosure, I actually uh, I couldn't watch this match because I had to help uh, Gino get ready for bed, get him uh, washed up and in his clothes. But pro move here, I actually used my wife's phone to FaceTime the TV downstairs, and I brought my phone upstairs. So I watched on my phone Kristen's video call of my TV downstairs because That's the impressive. pay-per-view was on downstairs. So I didn't like catch all of the moves all, but you know, I was keeping an eye on it. And then right when I put the diaper on, I'm like, honey, y'all good. Kiss him. Good night. 
I hear, and it's House of Black. So I'm like, what? You were right, Matt and Steve. The House of Black are the trio's champions. I and Charlie one thought that the elite would definitely go over because the house of black, they just kind of newly reunited and I didn't really see him on TV all that much. It wasn't on, until recently they really had an opponent. I feel like, but maybe I'm forgetting something, but um, yeah, tell me about this match because honestly, I don't know a ton about it. Well, I think from top to bottom, it was a fantastic match. I, we haven't seen the house of black wrestle all that much on TV lately. And I think I personally forgot just how good they are. Um, Malachi black, Dude, that guy on his own was one of my favorites, especially when he was in NXT. I feel like mm-hmm. his style has gotten even more vicious since coming to AEW. The knee shots, the kicks, all these different Muay Thai tactics he pulls out in matches. The guy's got a really unique style now. Um, does the classic sit down in the middle of the ring, staring straight across at you spot in a totally different way than we have ever seen before with Kenny Omega. I, I don't know. I mean, you could go through the spots, you know, all night but i think the first half of the match honestly was kind of like a slow burn just building up and then by the second half it started to turn into the classic spot fest that we know and have seen a lot in the trios division um and then the match ends kenny omega's in the middle of the ring the house of black surround him and just destroy him to get the final pinfall and win the tag titles i mean they personally i think they should have gone on a little bit further and just murdered all of the elite like arnold do you agree would that be a smart idea hey i'm a police officer oh okay well yeah then they probably don't want anyone murdering anyone yeah exactly anyway um no i i really liked this match i was really happy with the result we talked about this on last week's episode so for those of our listeners if you haven't caught up definitely go back and check out last week's episode but we talk about how the house of black is really on a trajectory where they need these belts and the elite are in a position where losing the belts right now would be the best thing they could do. So just overall, really smart booking. The crowd was super into it by the end and yeah, couldn't have gone any better. Yeah. I, um, just a couple of things that I wanted to add was yeah. Uh, Malachi black and Kenny Omega, when they were in the ring together, I just loved like how they positioned that because they treated both guys like such a big deal. And it was like, you know, we all know Kenny Omega's resume and we, you know, and like you said, I, you know, I've been a big fan of Malachi black since the NXT days and they just, yeah, there was like star power just oozing when those guys were in. I also like that they kind of have toned down the, at least in this match, the supernatural and just had them. Yeah. Cause he was kind of doing a little bit of back and forth with, uh, with Kenny Omega and just kind of acting like a normal wrestler. And I think that really, you know, there's a time and a place for the supernatural, but like, I don't know. They really did something special there that I like, you know, I'd love to see uh, black and Omega in a singles match down the road because the tease there and the stuff they did is just, they had the crowd eating out of their hands. So, um, and we got to see a fantastic Julia Hart uh, get involved at one point. She's, she was like, uh, I don't know. She was like dressed to the nines last night. And um, I don't know. Then there was some, did you guys catch there's something weird at the tail end where like some little kid came in the ring? No. Did you see that when they when when the House of Black was standing there with the belts and I, you know, she kind of picked them up or or grabbed them, but it was somebody's kid and I didn't get a chance to look to see who it was, but it was just I guess it's taking what I said about the toning down the supernatural to the next level because there was some kid in the ring with them, but uh, huh. it was very weird. It wasn't Julia Hart, was it? Well, I don't know. I mean, she's pretty. She, I guess she could have a kid, but she's pretty. She's pretty young yet. No, I didn't. I didn't mean Julia Hart's kid. I mean, was it Julia Hart? No, this was like a like a eight year old. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. And the only supernatural I want is a Gemini girl that you can download for Kindle and get the hard copy. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because it's kind of a big phenomenon that's on Amazon right now. Um, it's uh yeah moving up the cyberpunk and uh, space opera uh, Kindle uh, charts. And uh, yeah, I think anybody who's looking for some good quality literature would do themselves a big big solid to search for it on Amazon. Absolutely. I mean, we need to do something after revolution. I keep saying there's nothing to do this time of year. Settle down with a good book. All right. Let's keep her moving. Speaking of bookings, it is Jamie Hayter, current women's champion versus Saraya with Tony Storm and Ruby Soho for the women's world championship. We were pretty blah on this whole match. 
Um, it only got 10 minutes. It's right smack dab in the middle of the card where people need to go take a piss, get another refreshment, all that good stuff. I don't really like any of these wrestlers other than Jamie Hayter, of course. It didn't really do anything for me. Even like the ending was a little whatever, who cares? But we have a, uh, Jamie Hayter did end up winning, but it was at the end where we thought the big thing would happen, and it did. Ruby Soho picked a side, and she's teaming up with Tony, Tony Storm and Soraya. So we got a bad girls trio going through the AEW. Do you guys have anything to add to this one? Mm, not really. I mean, it was a real come down match. In fact, I would, I mean, there was only one match that I think lost the crowd even more than this, which we'll get to in a bit, but it was just, you know, there were a few people that tried and get a little cheers going mostly for Jamie hater because she's still legit older over, but um, yeah, it just is not that feud is just not interesting. And I think we've talked in the past about the things that could make it interesting, like uh Mercedes Monet or something. I don't know that any of that's going to happen. But um, I don't know, you know, we, we, you know, those of us that watch wrestling, we um, can suspend disbelief a little bit on things that happen, but it's like, if Ruby Soho is going to, if she's had her lot cast with uh, uh, pay, um, Soraya all this time, why'd they wrestle the whole damn match where they're beating the crap out of each other? And then she turns at the end. Why wouldn't they just double team the one person and then make it so that one of them guaranteed to win the title? It's just, it suspends logic. It's kind of lame. Um, mm. And I don't know. It's, there was a moment in time weeks ago where that heel turn might have been like kind of well timed, but now it's just like, oh, okay, it happened. I am even. Sorry, I hadn't even thought about that logic gap with Ruby Soho actively wrestling Saria. I mean, now that you mentioned that, I don't know that I can really recall a lot of spots where Ruby Soho, you know, was going after Saria specifically. But yeah, the whole thing just doesn't make sense in that one point alone. As far as the match itself goes, yeah, I thought it was it was okay. I think for a women's match in AEW, which is a really specific um, subgenre of wrestling, I thought it was pretty good. And But the only reason for that, well, there's two reasons. One, Jimmy Hayter just can't miss when it comes to a good match. We were texting as a group last night. Charlie made a really good point that Jamie Hayter wrestles like a guy, and she does. She's very stiff. Um, she never telegraphs anything too much when she's wrestling. She runs the full length of the, of the ropes, which I really appreciate. If you ever notice a lot in women's matches when they whip each other, they don't really ever whip each other all the way across the ring. It's usually from the middle into the ropes and they hardly hit the ropes when they do it. Not so much the case with Jamie Hayter. She goes all out. Um, mm -hmm. But despite all that, yeah, this match was still decent compared to the other matches on the card. Um, you know, I know we keep asking Arnold what he thinks about these matches and I know he's not necessarily on the show, but you know, Arnold, I, this women's match, what, if you had to sum all this up in one word, what would you say? Fine. Yeah, it was, I thought it was fine too. So, okay. Well, there you have it. Yeah, not that's good, good point, just fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm fine with it because we all got the point. Um, we all picked Jamie Hayter to win. So let's see what she's got lined up next. But what was lined up next after that women's match was probably, I don't know. I mean, the whole card was pretty stacked, but this was the match that really moved me the most. And I'm not a big fan of these matches. It's a Texas death match. And it was Oof. hangman Adam page versus John Moxley. This match almost went on for 25 minutes of absolute brutality. It uh, ended with hangman Adam page winning this match. And we all had picked it, even though it was, you know, John Moxley is one of the sickest psychos out there. But, you know, we really gained a lot of respect for the hangman. Um, there was there was weapons in this match and uses of things to inflict pain on another man that I've never seen before, like these bricks. Those actually were pretty creative because it's like, okay, they're small. They, you know, they hard, they're hard, they're hurt. And, you know, usually... To cause destruction or pain, you throw a brick. Well, they didn't throw them. They used them and propped them up in different ways. I thought that was really um, awesome. Um, this new song that Hanger has, too. Pretty awesome. Not there like his old stuff was bad, either. I love the old Hangman uh, song. That was pretty cool. Uh, but this new one, 
real nice. He's kind of getting a new little facelift, a new little rebrand. His outfit uh, last night, he actually looked like he was wearing cowboy boots, too. He actually looked like a real kind of like executioner, deathmatch kind of wrestler. So really fit the bill. Uh, all this barbed wire that they used was done really well. But, um, yeah, sick fucking match. Um, I bet those boys are sore today. I know, Matt, you kind of like this sick shit. Tell me what your thoughts were. <laughs> you are correct. Um, these kinds of matches, I don't know what it is. I just love these things. This one, there were moments where I was just cringing on the couch watching this and making audible sounds just like, just because, oh, so many, so many of the spots in this match were just so painful. Like, how can you not feel right. something for these guys when they're doing this stuff to their bodies and and the bricks that to me was mm. one of the craziest things because yeah the way they executed those spots i could totally see how that could have been a work or you know the bricks were gimmicked or whatever the case was but at the same time just the idea of it just ah mm -hmm. oh, just makes you cringe the shots of the crowd during this match cracked me up there were women just covering their mouths with their eyes wide open watching this match like they hated it but they could not look away and that's pretty much exactly how i felt during this match um in fact there's actually a clip of some of the sounds just from this match that i want to play for you guys because i think it just does such a good job conveying the pain that these two guys were going through here let's take a listen real quick yeah that's man i remember that part Oof. yeah wire man. man i mean just getting manhandled eh yeah steve that's do you have brutal. any remarks i don't know how you top that but um <laughs> no you know i don't i actually don't particularly love these matches typically either and i don't I've, i'm getting a little tired of moxley just like spewing blood every freaking week um however this match was amazing and it was just brutality like and this is what actually makes me mad on why they do blood so much in AEW because this was a perfect match for it and it, it's lessened a little because they do it every damn week including moxley probably got bloody on uh wednesday and then you know again this one so it's just yeah less is more because then it makes matches like this even more epic um i just had to laugh because i was uh texting back and forth with friend of the show and occasional uh co-host uh gary from ohio and he said, "What the? What's the over or under on uh, when Moxley gets blood?" And I said, "Less than five minutes." And he uh, bet against me on that. And uh, I'll be damned! Like the three, four minute mark, he was bleeding. So uh, yeah, that guy. It's like his blood actually knows the score. It's like, well, time to go to work tonight, boys. So yeah, he's got his whole uh, body in sync when it comes to being on the clock. Yeah, the guy. I don't know. He's a sick, sick puppy. And, uh, you know, I'm not a fan of these matches, but, yeah, it did blow me away for sure. Um, it really did feel like one of those, in, like, it really took you to an indie place. The way it was shot, I think the camera work actually was fucking great on this one. It got all the spots, great angles. Um, it, it, it just made you feel like you were in kind of like a smaller venue, seeing something that you would see on, like, the Internet not on a major pay-per-view. So it was kind of cool. Um, respect. So let's keep her moving. And it was that match that Steve probably referred to earlier. It was Wardlow versus Samoa Joe for the AEW TNT Championship because after all that blood, all that emotion, all that disgust, it's hard for the body to recalibrate and get on with, you know, two big behemoths uh you know slapping each other around and suplexing each other and getting sweaty um wardlow <laughs> you know he's my boy love the guy big opportunity he's going to go up against joe the human mattress but wardlow this singlet guy holy shit man this was like <laughs> a little too erotic for me <laughs> and you know i crush on this guy a lot did it make I your mean, nipples hard no i mean I, I kind of felt bad for him. Like, who? Somebody said this is good? Like, fuck. Come on. The TNT title is seriously cursed. Yes, Wardlow did win this. 
Uh, me and Charlie were the only ones to pick Wardlow. Steve kicked out from Wardlow and picked Joe. Matt Stupid. picked Joe as well. But, um, you know, I'm not going to p- pick against my boy Mike. Michael Wardlow, that is. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, I had a hard time following this match because I really just felt bad for the guy. I was actually paying more of attention to our text thread about the last match, and I really didn't pay attention to it a lot because I just really don't love seeing Samoa Joe wrestle. But I was happy to see Wardlow win. But what he does with the title, I don't know. They need to get they need to get that singlet situation taken care of for sure. They do if for no other reason than for your mental health. Um, yeah. This, uh, you know, I, I think I disagree with you, though, about Samoa Joe. I think lately he has been on fire. But for yeah. whatever reason, you put him and Wardlow together, and on paper, it totally should work. But then they get in the ring, and it, it just doesn't. And I can't tell you exactly why. I do think the placement on the card definitely hurt this match more than it helped it, too. Because we just got done watching one of the most brutal matches I've seen in months, if not longer than that. And then you follow it up with Samoa Joe versus Wardlow, which is a feud that has barely been built in a story that we've seen before play out. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I Like you, Mike, I was distracted by the singlet, I think, more than anything. Um, <laughs> on our group thread, for those of our listeners out there, I think, Mike, you described it as a... It's possible that Wardlow confused his wardrobe with Tony Storm's because the yeah. singlet just didn't seem to fit quite right in the right places. Yeah. Even when he walked up, when he was looking for Hobbs at the end, <laughs> yes. uh, like they they zoomed in on his ass, like when he turned up, when he climbed up the turnbuckle. I don't know. It was all, it was all wrong. Steve, what do you think? Yeah, I, I this match. Yeah, honestly, I think it was what I referenced earlier. I think it was actually went over less than the women's match. Like there was just the crowd was dead and it's hard. You know, you come off of a blood feud match it's hard to you know get the crowd back to a high after that but i don't know these are guys that are you know i'm I'm long since bored with samoa joe too but these are guys that are fundamentally sound at one point wardlow was like the hottest thing in AEW. but my god i don't know what went wrong here it's like his chase for the title and his feud with mjf was just epic and then uh, everything since then has just been underwhelming. And I don't know if it's his fault. I don't know if it's because, you know, we all know he's green as grass. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, this is just it did nothing for me. And I just I want them both to go to Ring of Honor for a while or something just to uh, cleanse the palate. Now, I'm bummed, too, because I'm all in on um, Powerhouse Hobbs. But uh, there's no way he's going to win the title now on Wednesday. For sure. Yeah. Well, good luck to you, Mike. And uh, get a new wardrobe artist, please. All right. So that brings us to the second to last match of the card. And I was so stupid to think this would open because they usually put these crazy four-way Texas tornado type matches on, uh, tag team matches on at the end. And it was... The current champions, the Guns, Austin and Colton Gunn, and they took on the Acclaimed. They took on Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett with Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh, who came out in turbans this time, which was yep. pretty fun. Um, and they went up against Orange Cassidy and Danhausen, speaking of fun. So, yeah, fun little light man. I mean, talk about a group of characters, eh? I mean, this was a circus. I loved the guns wardrobe and the hair, the whole look with the titles. Those guys are awesome champs. I got to say, I love it. I mean, okay. Are they deserving? I don't know, but do I like it? Yes, I do. Um, There's a lot. There's, I mean, there's a lot of deserving tag teams out there that could hold the titles in AEW. You know, it's a stack division, but I don't know something about it. I just, just kind of like it, but as we referenced earlier, we thought maybe FTR would come out, and sure enough, they sure did at the end. It's pretty awesome. But uh, the picks were, all of us picked the guns. I did have the acclaim winning. I kicked out of that and uh, used it successfully for the guns. Actually, Matt picked Double J and Jay Lethal to win this, which would have been really cool. And for a slight second, thought it might be real. I thought uh, it was, I was hoping. I was so hoping. 
It was right at the end there. It was very, very close count. And I mean, at Revolution, what's the harm? Just put the boys over, you know? It'd be pretty fun, pretty pretty wild, too. But, um, yeah, the guns ended up winning. There was a little scuffle, some stuff happened. I can't even really remember what actually really happened. But FTR did come out, and Dax Harwood, you know, gets bloodied up again. It seems like that guy, anytime there's, like, <laughs> scuffles, he gets fucked up in some way. Remember when he was with the Pinnacle and, like, he got, like, severed? Tendon, like oh, in his yeah. arm with a shard of glass, like accidentally. And I mean, the guy just is a, he's a brawler. When that guy, remember when that guy ran in at the hall of fame, oh, the so red hard and hardwood, like took care of business. That guy, I wouldn't, I want to go to war with that guy. Like we're going to be okay. Things. Yeah. Yeah. If there's the apocalypse coming soon, I'm just going to find where FTR That's is at partner and with. Just yeah. try to hang with them. You know, like I'm, I may survive a day or two. <laughs> but um I might get hit with this shrap metal. I don't know. But yeah, fun match. Good shit. Uh totally. guns retain. They'll go up against FTR. But what's up with this? I mean FTR, do we need them as the champs? I mean, everybody knows they're the best, right? And they got a good thing going. I love these new t shirts too that they got. Look real cool. I need some FTR merch just because I love the merch so much. But do we need FTR as the champs right away? I Personally, I think so. Um, I know we've talked about this on past episodes, and yes, the acclaimed are super over, and the crowd loves them, and they love cheering for them. I never personally thought they felt like champs. I think it made sense business-wise for AEW to put the belts on them, and it is interesting. They did have some amazing matches once they became champs, so I think it almost forced them to level up a little bit. But at the same time, I mean, you heard the crowd when FTR came out, like they are the guys and they've held all the belts mm-hmm. before. Um, the crowd, sorry, Matt, to interrupt. The The crowd was so dead when Billy, when the guns won that match at the end. Oh my God. They? I know. Dead it was like silent. every, every ounce of oxygen was taken out of the building when they won. Just terrible. Um, Haters. So to go from that to one of the loudest pops of the night for FTR was quite a shift. So it's almost like they planned it that way. It almost is. Yeah. So, but I think that tells you everything you need to know right there. (laughs) Yeah. Put the belts back on FTR. I'll watch Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler wrestle every week. Those were the good old days, which weren't even that long ago. Totally. Yeah. So they think you, you think they set that up for that FTR pop. Absolutely. I think that they know what they're doing with the the, the guns yeah. that, that the crowd hates them. Um, maybe it's a little mix of go away heat, but I think it's mostly just heat heat because they're such like smarmy little motherfuckers. So no, I, I think cheered. they know full well what they're doing. There was some people cheering in the crowd. Very few, though. If you look at the reactions ringside, people were like pissed. A lot of scissors out there, too. I think what you're forgetting about, like your question about why, um, you know, does FTR need the belts is they go hard all day, all night. They're proud Southern people who be ready to fight. Say, yeah. 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 There's your answer. Good point. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) I knew, I knew Arnold would support me on that one. (laughs) Right. Anywho. All right. So. This was top to bottom, a really nice, really nice card. But the keystone of this whole thing was the main event. And that was MJF versus Brian Danielson for the heavyweight championship in a 60 minute Iron Man match. I had picked Brian Danielson to win this because I really thought it went along with the Rocky Four thing. I mean, feel me on that. I got a lot of feedback that I wasn't wrong about that analogy, but I wanted to go with it because if I would have called it, it would have been pretty cool. And for a minute there, I thought it might. But no, MJF uh, retains as champion, but not before he wrestled his bag off for 60 minutes, bled through a glass of water in a little kid's face that was <laughs> that was wearing a championship belt who was not a plant, um, evidently. That was probably the... F- Dude, MJF is the goddamn... He's just, he's just amazing. 
He's going to go down as one of the all-time greats, and I'll get to that in a little bit. But the guy threw a glass of water in a little kid's <clears throat> face, and I think the mom of that child made a huge deal over it because I saw like a lot of the crowd's attention was like looking over there, and I guess the kid got hooked up with some free merch and a lot of apologies, but MJF don't give a shit. He put on a great show. He you know, th- can I interrupt? Like maybe she yeah, should raise her, maybe she should raise her son better. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe not spoil him with ringside tickets and an and AEW then very championship belt. belts, yeah. And then wham 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 when things honestly, don't go his honestly, way. Honestly though, if, if you know, I was joking with what I just said. However, if you're somebody that like your family invests in a like a several hundred dollar belt, you got to understand heels and, and faces and like they can't yeah. be upset by anything MJF does. For sure. And like at that point, you're the perfect person to pick on for someone like that. Like you got to love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, imagine getting a glass of water thrown in your face by the actual AEW champ when you have the championship belt. He's just doing his job. If he gets fined for that, that's bullshit. No. Yeah, if it, seriously, when I was a little kid watching wrestling, if, if like, uh, I, well, Hogan was champ all the goddamn time. But if, like, Ric Flair had done that to me as a little kid, I'd, like, to this day, I'd be telling that story to anybody who'll listen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? But anyway, about the match... This was, I mean, this is probably the best Iron Man match that I have ever seen. Lots of times, Iron Man matches, depending on who's in it, it's like, man, how can you do this for 60 minutes? And, uh, you know, tell the story, remember all the spots. I mean, even it's, it's, it's exhausting a little bit. But these guys, true professionals. Brian Danielson, yeah, he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. But if you're talking about writing your own paycheck, just look no further than MJF. The guy is the total package. We know what he can do on the mic. If you were one of those guys who were like, ah, MJF is never the best because his body isn't that great. Well, look at him now. He's a fucking brick house. Oh, you don't think he can wrestle very good? He's just only good on the mic and got a great bod. Oh, did he just go 60 minutes plus with the greatest wrestler of all time and beat him in overtime and sudden death with the label lock? Can't take that away from the guy. Nope. And he threw a cup of water in a little kid's face. And he did. had great singers throughout the match. I mean, this guy is literally the epitome of what wrestling should be. Because everything that has come before this guy, he is using, but he's doing it in his own unique, fresh way and totally leaning into it. And never looking back. The guy charges $600 for a cameo. And lots of times he's like, hey, Brad, I'm going through a tunnel right now. And I just wanted to say, and then he like cuts it off. Like, so he just takes $600 from somebody and gives them three seconds of content. And he just collects his money. And he's going to get paid because he is the best thing going on in professional wrestling, in my opinion. So I was honestly happy to lose it because MJF definitely deserved it. Would have been cool to see Danielson, but yeah, you boys were right all with MJF on that round. But uh, tell me what you thought about this match. Man, I know you fall asleep. What happened here, bud? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I, this pay-per-view was phenomenal top to bottom. I mean, minus the couple of matches we mentioned. And I think by the time we got into the Iron Man match, I had like turned the lights off. I was really settled onto the couch watching this. And for whatever reason, 20 minutes left in this match, suddenly I'm blinking and it's midnight and the TV's blank. So I felt really bad. I noticed that you guys had sent a few texts around. I tried my best not to look at them. Finished watching the match this morning and man, oh, wow. What an ending. Like gets down to the end. 60 minutes hits, MJF taps right after the bell, matches rolled a draw. Tony Khan says, nope, that's not how, how it's going to end. Right away at that point, I start to think, oh, wait, is Danielson going to win it? And I think everybody thought that for about four or five near falls afterwards um, until MJF got the final tap out from Danielson. I was not even disappointed like by the time it actually came to the end of the match even though it was mjf winning you could hear the crowd booing you could tell at the same time they were just happy with what they had seen um i 
have not seen a ton of Iron Man matches, maybe two, two other ones besides this one. And this was by far the best of the ones I've seen. Um, to your point, Mike, it's not just because of the wrestling itself, which was great. Um, and there were so many, it was like several matches all combined into one, different styles, different moments. Um, there was different stories tied into it. Like, you know, a good two minutes or three, maybe even where MJF's just walking around in the crowd, talking shit to everybody where he throws that bottle of water in the kid's face. Like it, it made room for everything these guys could have possibly have done. And they did it. And it all was done in a way that made perfect sense for what they did. So loved it. Couldn't have done it any better. And there's a bunch of blood. Remember there when was. he like had bled and then he's like, ah, like convulse it. Like it's awesome. It's just great. He even did a flying elbow to the outside of the ring through a table and executed it flawlessly. The guy is really improved. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, for sure. Talk about Kurt Angle picking up on shit quick. His wrestling skills have escalated like phenomenally within a year, I would say. From where okay. he was when he was with Cody to now. Wow. Steve. Yeah, I read, I read, um, I'm trying to remember what website, prowrestling.net or something where they were summarizing how phenomenal this match was. And they're like, anybody, you know, like the one knock on MJF was he was more a talker than a wrestler. And that should, you know, no one with any but credibility could say that again after last night. I mean, that was like a marquee performance. And the beauty of it is, yeah, he quote unquote cheated to win, but he still gets props because he went an hour with like the one of the greatest of all time. I mean, it was just so well done. They had me starting to believe at the end there, maybe uh, like like Matt said that maybe uh, Danielson was actually going to pull it off. Um, my God, yeah, it was just I've seen a lot of Iron Man matches going back to Flare Steamboat, you know, and. Mm-hmm you always wonder how they're going to make one stand out against all those other ones. And they did, you know, I love the cheating to get the quick, you know, he gives up a fall so that he can get two falls. I mean, stuff like that. It's just, I mean, it's maybe not the first time that's happened, but it just all, yeah, they managed to make this their own. And I think that's just, um, you know, do a whole show on how good that match was. Right. And I said, MJF is like, could go down as one of the greatest heels time if he keeps having you know a run like he's having right now but they'll go back to this match and you know could arguably be one of the like you know his biggest highlights but i think he's got great matches yet to come but this Mm. one's gonna be in his top five top three for sure maybe the greatest i don't know but i'm just really happy for the guy i guess he gave like a killer um post interview that was pretty great too guy is just a walking soundbite unbelievable talent good for him so yeah all in all boys this revolution did not disappoint uh we gotta get to the king booker and see who won after all these picks but before we do we gotta go to the mailbag real quick and get to promo of the week and this one's from scott rice from seattle washington he said here's a guy who combines four great wrestlers into one I wonder what Macho Warrior Rick Hogan is up to these days. Hopefully he's staying humble, staying hungry, and staying hard. Whoa. So this is, uh, it looks like Jerry the King Lawler is interviewing some guy who's the Macho Warrior Rick Hogan, uh, like wrestler in one here. Have you ever heard of this guy? No. No. All right. Yeah, me neither. He looks kind of like a guy that would... uh, I don't know, go to um, Daytona, Florida and, uh, you know, rip it up at the infield at the Daytona 500. And uh, yeah, I don't know. He looks <laughs> he looks weird. I don't know if he's an actual wrestler or just a promo expert. Maybe he's as good as impressions as uh, Matt is with Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions. Perhaps. I don't know that anybody is. <laughs> Well, Scott Rice, thanks for the promo. Let's see who this guy, Macho Warrior Rick Hogan, really is. Ooh, yeah. The Macho Warrior Rick Hogan comes to the USWA, and Randy Hales is a visionary because he said I'd get gold here, and lo and behold, Brian Christopher, I've got your title. Now, (laughs) next order of business, baby, is a Colorado kid because the Macho Warrior is styling and profiling, baby. In Colorado, it's time for you to walk that aisle 
And all my little warriors are cheering for Rick Hogan. Hogan. Burt Prentice, daddy. Colorado kid brother. Randy Hale's brother. Burt Prentice, brother. What are you going to do, dude, when the macho warrior Rick Hogan comes after that unified title, brother? Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Randy, I love it. He is great. What a talented guy. Mm. Who knew you could put four great wrestlers and Hall of Famers into one and do it in such a great way? And Jerry the King Lawler interviewing him could be one of the highlights of his career. Could be. I. Yeah, I can't recall anybody else who's done this kind of gimmick before, except for maybe Jay Lethal, who has mm-hmm. sort of done a Ric Flair impression and a Randy Savage throwback of some kind. So, but that's only two superstars in one. It's not four in one like this guy. Yeah. True talent. Yeah. So thanks for that one, Scott. And uh, yeah, keep them coming, folks. If you want your promo played on one of the episodes, just shoot us a note over on our dms on facebook or instagram it's keep the kayfabe or keep the kayfabe 414 at gmail.com so we got to get to some results here this was probably one of my worst outings ever i came in at four and five i took a lot of risks but no high risk comes with high reward but it came with high um uh what am i mean uh, high failure, high failure. There you go. Let's say yeah. that four and five for me. And then the next two people were tied actually. So that left room for King Booker retained by Steve Gropschmidt. The I'm fighting getting, champion prevails. I mean, it's almost getting embarrassing. <laughs> so Steven or Matt and Charlie came in at six and three, the new best friends. Steve almost pitched a perfect game at seven and two. He had one flaw, and that is he used his kick out and went up again. And he, you left Michael Wardlow, you bastard. I, I deserve that for trusting Blabby Joe. <laughs> yeah. Well, as Big we all mistake. know, I, I I don't really watch wrestling, so you know that's that's how True. I come to be multi-time Booker. Yeah, you know you're you're busy writing. Um, Gemini Girl 2. Uh, it's almost done. It'll be available in a couple months. No shit. Yeah, awesome, oh man. I, Can't wait. I don't mess around. That's wonderful. So, um, 7 and 2. We are so close to getting that perfect card. Um, we do have to call the opening match, though. You can pick the perfect card, but if you don't get that opening match, you don't have the perfect game, and that's what we're in the hunt for, and that's why we're going to keep doing these prediction shows. But, Steve, you want your moment in the sun as King Booker and uh, have some words for the crowd? Well, I guess what I'm going to promise everybody is, um, I mean, I don't know, maybe I should get some wrong on purpose next time so this actually becomes a competition again. But um, on second thought, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just become the Roman Reigns of the podcast and keep winning year after year, show after show, until you're all bored with me. And then Cody Rhodes comes along and and, uh, sanctimoniously uh, topples me. Could happen. Totally could happen. Well, Steve, congrats. That was quite the outing. And we'll just have to try to get you back coming up at Double or Nothing, I think, would be the next one. So uh, until then, we're just going to have to try to do these three things to stay alive. What's that? Don't leave us hanging. Ah, you didn't... Oh, you didn't know? Well, here it goes. It is stay humble, stay hungry, and stay hard. Ah, Triple H. Woo! Get to the chopper!